If you go to a pub in Ireland, you have to have a song. And if you don't have a song, you may as well not go to a pub at all. I've changed the Murray, by the way. So if anybody wants to buy me a Murray, well, I'd say Peroni as well. Welcome to the Cross Size Pub. Again? Again. It's very comfy in here. We're surrounded by Fisher Price, children's toys, somebody stacking some glasses there. <laughs> and uh, it's me, John, and I'm joined by Ian. Good evening. Dan. Good evening, everyone. Welcome back, Dan and Phil. Good evening. And obviously, as I've just said, me and uh, we're back from Spurs. Me and Phil uh, dried off. Ian, you didn't get a ticket in the end, but um, very interesting game. What's your take on it, Phil? Well, I mean, before talking about the game, I want to talk about that stadium. That place is like nowhere else I've ever visited to watch football in my life. In a good way. But, uh, Yes and no, if that makes sense. It's very sense. surreal, yeah. some bits of it, aren't they? It's very clinical, but right. the experience before the game, going in and you get served in no time and you get proper beer and there's like decent music playing in the concourse. It, and, when, and when some knobhead shoves his finger up one of those pint pots, it goes all over. <laughs> a lady with a bucket arrives within 45 seconds and mops it. And uh, Jay Atkin, friend of the pod, uh, Helped her, didn't he, a little bit? Yeah, he helped out a little bit, didn't he? I think um, he was um, a little bit worse for wear for the journey on the way down. But just like some sort of robot Hoover that just like comes out the wall and just mops up. They had some machine that this fella couldn't work, and then they went old school, didn't they? Uh, but yeah, it, I, I agree with that. It, it's spectacular because we went. Obviously, we came on the coach, and because we were delayed, there was a crash on the M1, so we were delayed, and we went straight to the ground. As you're pulling up at the ground, or as you're kind of pulling off of the North Circular, you just see this thing that looks like a spaceship. It's enormous. You don't realise the scale of it until you get close by. And that's what amazed me from the photo that you guys took. It's the traditional old London suburb housing all around it. And yeah. then this, just like you say, close encounters of the third kind thing looming above it all. And, and one of the things that I thought was different to a lot of the other new grounds it's about, apart from like Leicester and Southampton that are replica kits in the same place, yeah. just different colour seats. It's different and it retains an atmosphere. There is a decent atmosphere in there when... And my observation from watching on telly is I didn't hear spurs apart from a lot of booing and a lot of groans. You could hear the blades. All the way through the game. All yeah. the way through, really. But it's good that, it, like you say, it generates an atmosphere. I think, for me, what I enjoyed most about it is having had the experience at West Ham, which wasn't overly fun, mm. um, in terms of an experience of a new ground, it was everything was just a little bit easier. Scan your ticket, walk up the stairs. Yeah, these are a security thing, but you walk through it, you don't have to fanny about. And then there was nothing set off. Scan my ticket again, I'm inside, like you say, I've got a beer within two minutes. And it was great, the food looked good. If you wanted to have some Beaver Town battered tofu chips and spiced mushy peas or curry sauce for £7.50, you could. I didn't take them up on that. It was nice that the option was there. <laughs> did, I, did, I, did I have a beaver town neck oil for uh, not that badly priced either? Five, 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 four fifty, I think. And uh, well, it's only good value if you don't have five, though. <laughs> and like Phil said, it, <laughs> it's only um, well, Phil said that play music on the concourse. Now, part of me was a bit cynical, but there was something about having. I'm not talking about like particularly amazing tunes. Not like Hammond organ music, like lift music or like that. No, but like they just had like like 
like pretty mainstream music comp, but it sort of got you going a little bit and like people were stood having a chat and nodding the red like you would like, in a pub. Yeah, yeah. Like before a match. Not the one we got yeah, before the match. Yeah, music. stood around having a beer waiting. And somebody's like, I think I don't know if you were meaning to be cynical, but it's sort of yeah, exactly like that, Ian. But like uh, said, it stops you like chanting United songs and smashing place up. And I was like, it's not a bad thing. It's kind it? of got to be. Well, the second part of that's got to be a good thing. Sure. Mm, so I was like, yeah, I guess it does. But as a fun experience. I enjoyed it. I did enjoy it. Plenty of room in the seats, apart from the fact that everyone decided to come and stand on our row. So there wasn't any room, but then I was a little fence, so I shouldn't, shouldn't complain. <laughs> but yeah, to the match, um, it became quite apparent to me early on. We were very much in the game and we, and I was really, really impressed. We were brilliant. Well, I, I had it on, uh, I, I was busy Saturday afternoon doing stuff in the house, so I had it on, on TalkSport. And the, the commentator said after about 35 minutes, Sheffield United have been in Tottenham Hotspur's half so long that there's every chance Daniel Levy will be stuck, will be charging him rent. <laughs> I mean, it was just... High the, praise indeed. <laughs> it was just the high press. You know, from executed the front. Perfectly. Executed yeah. so well. And and what was it? 20 odd minutes before Kane had that chance? Yeah. And that was really the... And, you know, Egan, let him, Egan just let him get wrong side. But that was one mistake by United really in that 25 minutes. And... It, it, you just wanted to make it count and when we didn't make it count in that first spell I got a little twitchy thinking will we pay for not really it's kind of the theme of the season to a degree yeah. isn't it well, I've heard that on a couple of um, football podcasts this week where they've said it's almost surreal to hear something like Sheffield United are going to uh, if Sheffield United don't start putting these chances away they're going to they're going to kind of regret it the fact that we're we're creating that many chances against a well European yeah, champions. Yeah, and that was up. the thing. I was delighted at half time, and the fact that then at half, after half time, we sort of composed ourselves and went again was equally impressive. I mean, I missed the first couple of minutes of the second half, but we came out all guns blazing second half as well. And yeah, well, we walked. I, I was walking up with that, and it, it was weird. The angle was a little bit like Duffy at Hillsborough. So mm. is that the where he turns Sanchez inside out and, yeah, just, and he just pushes him off and yeah. turns he bends, out, bends yeah. out of the post just, just that little bit yeah. Post. Yeah. it amazed me because actually once he got in that position you think he's buried this I mean but to get in that position in the first place yeah well, on, on Moussa obviously he's got a few goals this season he's a lot of assists and he's been an impact player and he's just getting up to speed in terms of fitness I think by the end of the season, that 10 million quid we spent on him is going to look an absolute. I think it already does. I think it already does. I think there's a. I think, I'll turn to, to, to someone a couple of days ago, and, and he's a Wednesday fan. He said, you know, end of the season, you're going to be, you know, Wilder's going to be looked at for other jobs. And I said, not just him, I said, there's going to be three or four players. I genuinely thinking, maybe not end of this season, but if, if he carries on next season, there's every chance Moosey. There's going to be some good club yeah. look at the big and thing, there's every chance he could get a France cap. Yeah, so I was just about to say, I think there's yeah. a good chance to get a France cap before, if he continues the way he is. I, I read a tweet earlier from United, has he, has he been involved in 42% of United's 46, goals? 46% yeah, 46 United's goals. So you talk about his <coughs> 10 million worth it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm right, yeah. Yeah. The, the, big, <laughs> the big thing for me about, not just his performance, is the fact that he, he lasted, what, 80 minutes? 87 yeah. minutes. Something, was it as long as that? Right. And he didn't look like he has in the past where he's been blowing after 5-10 yeah. minutes. I mean, in, in the past, I've been quite critical a while at the subs, and I don't think on Saturday it was a case of him not knowing what to do. I think it was like, this team has done so well, I can't change anything here. 
Um, and then the, the subs that came, Moussa was knackered and <coughs> because of the press. And same with the goal trick, but I see I didn't. didn't I, I thought he struggled a little bit to adjust again. Right. You know, because it was a short time frame. <coughs> he ran around, but he didn't quite have that influence and some of his runs were just that off. And I think I, I I'm not criticizing because I think I've said we said before, I think his time will come. But I think I just I thought I we think those two are Goldrick. streets ahead. There's a part of the other the other Three. Yeah, even individually they are, yeah. but as a partnership, yeah. they've just got a bit of a sixth sense going on well, at we, the minute. We said, we said about three or four weeks ago here, there's no striker, none of the strikers have, have kind of put a marker down and said, right, these, this is my shirt. And I think over the last two or three games, yeah. those two have. So Moose here with his goals and assists. And McGoldrick, just, just his all-round play. All-round play. Is it, uh, I mean, we're, we're not at that stage yet, but is it, going to start at some point getting a bit worried that we're so reliant on McGoldrick and he's so hard to replace I if think and that, when and what is he 31 year old yeah I bet we thought that with, with yeah I think so we thought that with other players you know like Duffy for example Duffy Coops, the, when Coops, the num- yeah, got the, injured well, it know. did take a while it but then eventually we, we got the player there, you know yeah. and, and, and who's to say and the planning Crap. will start now, by the way. Yeah. They'll be starting to think about that. <coughs> well, he's, 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 he's already made a couple of references to recruiting January, in January yeah. and stuff like that. Because I think he'll know that the couple of injuries in the key areas we've talked about before, well, haven't we? I think that's the Stevens. thing. The first 11, no problem. Into the, the, into the second string. Yeah. We'll probably do a pod on this at some point about January targets. And a player who could play that role, who roams really well, will work back, young, age on his side, is easy. QPR. QPR. Yeah. yeah. Could play him out, out strike, it, or he could play that deeper role. Eze. 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 <laughs> that sounds like really good. Have a go go, Cotton. Eze. He did not. He look did not look happy. That's going in all the fame in a bit. I do <laughs> fancy it. <laughs> uh, do it. <laughs> but to, like, let's, let's obviously try and try and pick it apart a bit more uh, rather than because the actual game itself my word like the, the the goal we concede comes down to Ender getting caught under his feet and I generally believe he's waiting for Egan to swipe it yeah. out well they, that, when the first time I saw it I'm thinking just alright it's, it's a slightly heavy touch from, from Ender if Egan puts his foot through it no problem but he kind of steps he away leaves, it, think, for he leaves it for him to recover and obviously and even then Sun gets a shot away Henderson's got it covered yeah. and it takes a little touch off Basham just to take it through his legs. It's, it, it's, it's once again one of those though, goals again this season where you go, oh. Realistically, that's five goals that are from, directly from sloppiness. Uh, the sloppiness and a or little just, bit just of... Just a tiny... Just that not, a little bit of rubber the green. A few things just go... Yeah. In, like, a few things combining to become one big thing. Yeah. Um, but the set. I thought the second half performance was magnificent in a number of ways because obviously the goal is both very good. Um, the first goal, and it, it, it was just there was an air of composure about us when we went up nil down. Many teams this season who have got a bigger wage budget, a better playing squad than Sheffield United, will go one nil down in the second half, uh, earlier in the second half at Spurs. And lose the game three 0 Yeah, I know. Lot of sides will do that at home against Spurs. Yeah, we could have gone. We could have gone chasing. 
This is the theme of Wilder's tenure at United, though, isn't it? I can remember back in the League One season, I can't remember who it was at home, but we were pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing, and eventually Evans Landell scored in the like 94th minute, but we carried on playing football. Yeah. We kept mm. pass, passing the ball about, we kept trying to create an opening, and eventually it came. And that's no, happened four come. or five times since Wilder's been there yeah. that we've continued to play our game. And what was it, a couple of minutes after that, that McGoldrick put the ball in yeah. the back of the net? I mean, let's not, let's again just think about the football again, mm. build to that, the movement, the space. It, it was everything that we did. I mean, to me, as good as the second half was, the way we imposed ourselves first half. You could only see one team going in front at half time. Oh, we you should know, have Lund- Lundstrom was a lucky. <coughs> Lundstrom, I thought if that's something right. I think it goes in. I also, I also, it's the post. The one that it's his knee. The one that it's his knee. He's actually two footed, isn't he? Yeah, he is, he's yeah. not. Well, like, he's got one dominant foot like, like we all have, but he's. And that level, when he drafts to be placed, his left leg is not just a swinger, is it? But I think, I think was it Sanchez swung at it a little bit as the one that comes across and it's, and I think that just kind of just held him back a little bit and it. You know, it's like still inches wide. Took a touch. It's yeah. It's the Musa, the Musa yeah, rebound to him. He just, hit, you know, he's hit that on target and he's mm. deflected wide. We were doing everything right, and like you say, it's that composure we showed to say, actually, no, we're one down here. We're just going to keep on but doing they, what we've done. They did that as well. well. They did that as well against the uh, the biggest, arguably the biggest criticism of Spurs this year has been they've not had that like bite in midfield. Lacelso and Dombele. Um, and Dombele. That's a lot of that's hundred and odd quid million quids with the central midfielder. We did that against. I didn't even notice him Dumbley at all. He's what he'll be one of them that he'll move on. I think oh, oh he might stay and he might, he, on loan, isn't he? He's not their player. But I think he, they've got the agreement to buy it's a loan. It's a loan to I thought it was a loan to buy in but he's very highly rated. Oh, um and with anomaly, I think about one of them who scores five or six 25 yarders a season. Some people go, oh, he's quite a good player, but in terms of, he might be away from a, a, a little, he's only 21, but a little way away from grabbing a game by the balls and running it. It comes like to, you'd want a midfielder that costs 60 million quid to do against the Sheffield United midfielder. But, but it's interesting, you know, like watching um, Tony Gale was on commentary, and given he wasn't com- commentating on us against West Ham this time, it was, it was really hugely complimentary, obviously, about the way we were playing, the way. The, the inability Spurs to play, and it's actually that's us. That's us stopping Spurs playing. Yeah. Spurs, did, it's as if the clubs were playing. Are they going to do any home, homework at any point? You know, they, it was interesting. They said at half time, bring he's got to get winks on. He's got to get winks on. They brought well, winks on. Was winks quite in his response to that, wasn't it? Yeah. About um, that, he, he thinks it's a bit respectful, disrespectful when people say the clubs are starting to work us out or might start working us out. They'll, they'll have done their homework. And this, I, I listened to. Took the football show last week and they had Pat Nevin on, who, by the way, loves the sound of his own voice. And he, he said, also loves the cocktail twins. Well, they've all right. And so, he has. Don't get, I saw him DJ he once. DJ, and he played Go Go Bordello, starred wearing purple, wearing. That was at a five live <laughs> event in Liverpool. <laughs> so there you go. Sorry. <laughs> but yeah, he was, he was talking about us and, and he said, yeah, they've done well, but they need to get some points on the board first half of the season because second half of the season teams will work them out. Teams will get. And that, you know what, that might have been true 20 years ago. And a team came up from championship and they were an unknown quantity. Now, you know for a fact, the, the, the kind of amount of press we got last season for the way we played, teams, while they might, like managers like Klopp and Guardiola and, and, and Pochettino, they might not have done that much, but they, they would have had scouts watching us. They would have been aware of what we're doing. The second we come up, 
we're not taking teams by surprise because they're suddenly oh yeah. shit United centre halves are but this is the way we're beating teams is because of how well we're playing not yeah. because they're but, caught on the hop. But I, I don't. Agree more than... But I don't. What I don't understand, and it's like we sat here last week. Where's where's the place to get at Spurs down the fullbacks? And they swapped the fullbacks from midweek, and they were still dire down the sides. We still exploited down the sides. Dire, dire in the middle. Yeah, dire, dire, dire in the middle. Dire, dire should have been, dire should have been off. Yeah. I don't I, know. I, to me, if you book Norwood, I don't. I hate. That's I mean, it's a, it's a generic point. It's the second yellow leniency point back. I mean, it shouldn't be. It shouldn't if, be. If it's a booking. It's, it's a booking. booking it's no, I'm, I'm, I'll say that regardless. But it, what it, when United released the video of the 23 passes that led to that goal? Some of the comments underneath, or some of the comments on the Premier League tweet of it were, "Oh, yeah, but look at like, Spurs like a press," and that's what surprised me. I, we're patient, like you say. We play the football. We keep possession, and then suddenly McGoldrick bump turn, and we're into a different phase. Of play. You watch the patient build up, and it's not just the patient build up. It's it's a slow movement. It's like a pivot. It's a rotation. You watch, yeah. you watch the team slowly. Hand movements aren't really helping the pod. But <laughs> the, it, the whole team kind of moves around. And like, that's, it's creating the space. Isn't hand it? movements again. The two track. They're like triangles that play off a central point. Yeah. They move like that. Yeah, they just rotate around it's the like a, It's like a seesaw of two yeah. triangles. But what was good about that is you saw the 10 passes, and then all McGoldrick does, he rolls his foot over the ball and just knocks it five to 10 yards in front of him. And that then created that tiny bit of extra space. I can't remember who it is. Someone rushes into it. He was like, and he slides it to Lundstrom. Bang. Goal. Yeah. One that counted. Um, and it, it's really, it was just really good to watch to get to the goals. We're going to have a big discussion on VAR. I it was so, I went absolutely potty when it went in, and I was really delighted it was McGoldrick as well because we've yeah. been saying this a week. Barry Glendening this week said the worst thing about that offside because he's an Irishman. So the worst thing about that offside decision um, is well, apart from the VAR controversy is the fact that McGoldrick was denied his first Premier League goal because he certainly has deserved it for how he's been playing and what he's been doing for Ireland. And also, he's been getting a little bit of criticism, unfairly, for not scoring goals. And that, that's a big, well-respected national journalist like pointing that out. And then we had to wait three minutes, 47 seconds, Phil, didn't we? In the ground. Did you have any? And this is, we'll, we'll come on to Your the. Your could boil a proper egg. <laughs> <laughs> I only do mine in three not minutes. Burn not actually burn it. <laughs> <laughs> my question we'll Sorry, talk about really. the VAR, ins and outs of the VAR bit. My question is you've got the screens in the ground, which is more than there was at Anfield. I literally Sunday. had one, again, hand movements. I had one right above me, so I was on the back row. And were you seeing the, the lines and everything? Uh, you saw it very, very quickly after it was disallowed. So right. it, it was uh, no goal, and then it flashed up on screen, and it, you, you almost heard a gasp around the stadium, and then it flashed off again. It was on for obviously a Spurs fans, which is, which is Spurs fans cheered it, um, but my feeling was once it got to about a minute, I just turned around and said, "This game is allowed." Yeah. As soon as it for went that be, far, for uh, to be long. At, sorry, yeah. I think I think the, it felt like they were looking for the reason to disallow it. Absolutely, to look for the margin. The, m- moving on, moving on. Like I said, yeah. we're going to talk about VAR in a bit. To put that disappointment from going a goal, de- goal, goal behind to scoring a perfectly good goal, which it appears to have been, to get that choked off and then continue and to play our way. Yeah, is so impressive. And I said to your good friend uh, Tom Park at the end of the match, "What's so good about this? We can take." 
okay, it's disappointing that we didn't win. But you take the fact now, in the face of adversity, and arguably probably more adversity than like the Southampton game, uh, where it really cost us, and go on and get a result and not like be completely deflated by it, just shows everything you need Which to know. Which it could have done. It could have absolutely could have undermined it. Down and, that, and that's the thing with the, the goal that was Baldock's goal. You can't tell if Baldock's... Baldock's got two emotions going on. He's either hesitant to celebrate he doesn't want to be embarrassed because he just puts the finger up and it's not the coolest version of an understated celebration. And the, th- and the second part is... Is he just embarrassed that he's just scuffed across into the far post? And, and, the third, and the third part, maybe, is he's a massive Spurs fan as well. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, is that right? Yeah. And part okay. four, he shoves Basham off. Because I'll take, cause off. He, cause, yeah, because he knows, thing he? He knows for a fact that he mustn't have some, some thing in here that the BBC and every other, well, the way it's been filmed, decided Basham had scored and fallen into the <laughs> At least, at least one of our players got their first Premier League goal this weekend. Anyway. Absolutely. Just, um, just going back to that point you said that Barry Glendon made about um, Aldridge getting stick, uh, and I'll credit Luke with this. Luke, Luke Preston, who's obviously one of our fellow podcasters, made a point today about uh, Dennis Bergkamp from that legendary uh, invincible side of Arsenal. Dennis Bergkamp is one of the greatest strikers ever to grace the Premier League. Uh, it depends if not if you listen to talk sports. Not if you're a ginger clickbait knobhead. <laughs> I don't know what you mean. Boomer. Are we, are we talking about yeah. it? Your best pal. Oh, okay. Which one? He's got a lot. <laughs> He's <laughs> making <laughs> friends all week. <laughs> Phil, yeah, yeah. Phil's got a little bat black book, but it's not what his wife's worried about, put it like that. <laughs> um, but yeah, four, goal, one of four your, goals that season. Another one of your media nemesis. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, four, four goals in that invincible season. And, but what? it's weird, isn't it? All those Arsenal sides. You, you, you think of Burkham, you think of a quality player, but like there was a period of time like Will Torsey was scoring a There was a year, I think it might have been the invincible one, where Lundberg would just make that run. Late run into Is the that box. Lundberg or Lundstrom make that run? Yeah. Yeah. No, that but you know, similarities. No, but you know, Lundberg makes that late run into the box, and if you were playing against Arsenal, you knew it was coming, and it might even happen three times in a match. You don't mean you can stop it. Yeah. And that goes a little bit towards. What you were saying, Dan, about this Wilders talking about like teams figuring us out. Now, what I think is a big thing which is working in our favour is you're, we talk, talked about Andomboy and Amchi cost. As a professional, like you should be able to do this, but all those Spurs players, when they play in Liverpool, they know that's Jordan Henderson. They've watched him on TV many times. They know his strengths. They know his reasons. They know it's Virgil van Dijk and they need to be at the best. And they know that if they give Firmino time to drop in, he's going to do this, that and the other. It's almost a little bit of a... Na- They'll have had the team briefings. Pochino, he's, he's Bielsa school, isn't he? He's, he's, yeah. he's all geek. He's all... These transitions are play. They'll do this when and they do this. Every top flat manager is these days. And We've all got fucking armies of data on this. But that doesn't, what that doesn't take into account for is that sort of, do you call it professional arrogance of some of these Premier League players who don't, who just aren't up for it because it's Sheffield United and I'm better than them because I earn four times as much money than him. And I don't know if there's a little bit of that, especially with, not to sound like, you know, good old great British blades, but a, a lot of these clubs like Spurs who've got players such as Ndombele, Sissoko, etc. Maybe just don't fancy it. The only counter I would say to that is Spurs' best player by a country mile was Son. 
Mm-hmm. I'm not putting everyone in that bracket. I know, I know I'm, I'm talking mean. generally about not just Spurs either. Like in the last couple of weeks, like yeah. don't know if there's a little bit of that, you know. The players is, not being up for it again. A bit of arrogance from the players. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The other thing about teams figuring us out, and I'm doing air quotes on that. We're going to have to do a live video they, for they're this. Have to, they've obviously got Wilder's content with as well because he's showing that how tactically astute he is. And in terms of tweaking the team, obviously when he first came in, it was four four two. Realized that wasn't working. Went three five two. That got us through two divisions. Suddenly he realizes that we can't play with this kind of triangle in the middle. He's got and he, and he, he drops it to a flat three. So he's he's adjusting and he's he's evolving all the time and he, and he's making decisions based on who we're coming up against. So even in the second half of the season, we have a couple of bad results because this is happening. You've got to trust that he'll have a plan B oh, to, tweak, yeah. to tweak the team, whether it's to... There, there'll come a point at some point this season where, and, and this conversation started about the Goldberg, a team will just nullify. They will just sit on it. And that'll happen. And I have no doubt that there's already a plan in place for what we do yeah. in that situation. Yeah. I, and I think that actually put McBurney in and you go direct, not direct in the air though, but you get the ball up front quicker yeah, and you get him to start throwing his weight or around. That, or that will be the game where... He, 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 t- he sacrifices one of the midfielders and, he puts, a, and he puts a Luke Freeman in here. Yeah. And, and, and McGoldrick just drags whoever it is that's man-marking him out to the left, out to the right and leaves a dirty gut hole in the middle for Freeman to pick up in. Mm. That, that, and that's the sort of thing you'll do. It's, it's, listen, uh, what, we've said it so many times, haven't we? what a time to be a blade. We're coming away from Tottenham slightly disappointed. So, oh, we've, I think, so I, we've basically played, the Europe, we've, we've played both European finalists this season. We've taken one point off them. Yeah. And we've come out gutted and anywhere, anywhere between gutted and devastated. Yeah, because I was genuinely devastated after Liverpool. Yeah, anyway. I was gutted after and gutted after. I was Spurs. gutted on Saturday because it's interesting. I just pulled the stats up because when I saw the stats after the match, it's great because the media said how great we were, and that's what people from outside and you probably wouldn't have got it if you'd watched the brief highlights on match of the day, which felt a little bit. I think it put us in a better. I thought it made us look better. We but, definitely had the better chances but, on the match of the day highlights. But in possession terms, we had less than 40% possession. Didn't feel like that watching it. Yeah, you can have possession, you can do something to with it. And I suppose had a lot of possession. And, but even the number of passes, it felt like we had a lot. We controlled the game. Yeah. And that's the thing. That's what those stats don't suggest in terms of possession. We passes, definitely controlled the game. We controlled we the game. We dictated the pace of the game. We dictated mm. the territorial advantage. Apart of the from game. the last eight minutes into it, yeah, they, were the chasing, they, they, were, they were chasing. Yeah. Apart from that, we were fully. <laughs> In control, and I think that is the thing I would take from it. We were in the game with Liverpool to the ninth, well, in the final whistle. Yeah, we were creating chances after they scored. Yeah, we? and we've gone in and done similar at Spurs. Yeah, and it's great. And yeah, did th- any of us get it right last week, by the way? Yeah, I thought you did. Yeah. I thought you've got no, it. No, 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 I'll just, just wave my hand. Another, another hand gesture. <laughs> just wait till we get to VAR. It's going to get worse. <laughs> yeah, um, definitely will. But one thing to end that. Thought Wilder, over all things considered, as well, conducted himself magnificently. His week. response at the end, just talking Super. about the team and didn't yeah. want to talk about they are fantastic. And it, well, it, I think one of the journalists said, Have you had a long conversation with the referee? He went, No, I'm going out tonight, so I wanted to get changed fairly yeah. quickly. That was it, was it on Jules on Sunday? <laughs> yeah. said, Did you have a word with Ender Stevens yeah. after the match about that slip up on the goal? No, I was going out, I wanted to get changed. <laughs> Except the same about the referee. Yeah, as well. was fantastic. And, and that's what it's all about. A bit disappointing, but. In the grand scheme Again, of things, fifth in the Premier League, positive goal difference. Points, is it something like that? Yeah, yeah. positive goal difference. Positive goal difference. There's only f- four, only five ta- only five sides in the league with a positive goal difference. Where one of them? It's crazy. 
Do you know what I mean? It shows how there's a lot of big results going both ways for teams. Scoring and conceding. Yeah, and we're thing. not, because we're still in this one goal yeah. little, differential. Little things happening, like that even in everything else out, is so Burnley. Dire, being di- were dire against us they were down to any form they do West Ham 3-1 yeah. West Ham something like and they only got two points in the la- out of the last 18 available yeah, so it's been another couple of bad results they sacked they'll be Billy Chaffed at the same this this run of results yes I think this I think this international break's probably come a little bit early but uh, between now and Christmas there's probably three or four Premier League managers who, who could realistically lose the job. Pellegrini, uh, Aston Hootle, Emery, um, <coughs> Everton. Two or three bad results for any of them. Yeah. And, and there's going to be Aston Hootle, we talked about him probably keeping his job. I know they said that, but... And we, he, he looks like a man who just can't wait for it all to be over. It's not worked out. I think, I think, he's, I think there's, a, there's a chance of a couple of bad results he could walk with the intention of keeping his reputation intact. I mean, that's the thing, is that you look to where those three teams at the bottom, and I still do that at this stage. I'm still interested. Mm. I'm still keeping an eye. Until we're, we're safe. Until we're, we're safe. still 38 points. Exactly. We're nine clear of 18th, and we're 19 goal difference yeah. better off. So we're effectively yeah. 10 points clear. Yeah. yeah. Which, you know, is... Well, we'll certainly... Stand, but never mind. We'll certainly be, We'll certainly take it, won't we? Exactly. Well, God, yeah, absolutely. Quality. So we'll see you in a couple of minutes for some VAR chat. So uh, welcome back to part two then. We've got quite an emotive subject we're going to speak about. We're going to talk about VAR for a little while now. I'll let you guys talk because I'm going to keep quiet. If I speak, I shall be in trouble. So off you go. I'm just going to have a big drink. <laughs> so, so I kick us off and I wasn't there. So I was I was sat at home uh, watching on a, a stream and not in a stream, on a stream. And uh, <laughs> it, it, it's a number of things. And I'll, I'll, I'll give us a few topics to talk around there. One is the spirit of the offside rule and the degree in which so should we we'll get straight into that then well, the yeah. spirit of the offside rule so I think we'd all agree well, that yeah. the advantage where possible has to go to the attacking team 100% it's yeah. a game about scoring goals it has to be and in that Ian I wasn't meaning to like cut you down then even though I did uh, I just think it, I think we just had to take him apart one by yeah. one and we we'd all agree I mean I'm not one for getting rid of offsides it's not even in the direct pl- passage of play necessarily that leads to the it's goal. The whole, it's the it's the whole when does the game reset? And this is the thing about VAR and the offside rule. It was supposed to, obviously if you're going to have technology in sport, like you've got like, let's say Hawkeye in tennis, yeah. it takes every bit of subjectivity away and every bit of I think it's in, I think it's out. Whereas this doesn't. It doesn't solve. It doesn't solve everything 100%. Where, where does video work, right? It, it works in a game that is naturally stop-start. Naturally Cricket. breaks. Cricket, it works Rob, perfectly. Rob Staten, I'm still following on Twitter, um, posted something on Sunday night, um, American football, because he's a big Seahawks fan, and he was freeze-framing what the video referee hadn't spotted or why was it not called yeah. a foul in the video ref. That, that's fine. That's, that's American football. 
That is naturally a play, stop, pause, Five you can review it, decide what you do. Exactly. Yeah. This completely destroys the flow of the game and it is also creating swings, as we've talked about in previous pods, say the Southampton game as an example. It's creating swings of unfair advantage to teams yeah. on decisions that actually, if they flagged at the time, you just crack on. I think it's that groundswell that builds up and the feeling that builds up of negativity on the side that's penalised and, and positivity in the other teams. That's actually. What, so that's not something I've seen discussed anywhere, actually. Had Lundstrom have been flagged offside at the time yeah. by the linesman, would anybody have had a problem then? No, because we would, the game would have stopped. Yeah, you, just, you, just, you wouldn't have had a problem at the time because to the naked eye, you'd have gone, oh, fuck it. it looked like an offside, but I couldn't tell. You'd have had a problem watching match of the day later on when you went, that were never offside. But we would have known it was going to lead to a goal. Exactly. It would have yeah, been there wouldn't have been the emotion at three minutes. It wouldn't have been the emotion of us scoring. It. it would have just been, he's offside, and you'd have gone, that shit line up. They get a free kick, you go on with it. So it wouldn't have caused the same level of furore and opprobrium, but it has... Uh, Good use of opprobrium. Thank you. Excellent. Fantastic, that, Dan. I don't even know what it means. Um, <laughs> I'm only, I, I do jest. But, like, you talk about black and white. So cricket, we always... All four of us cricket fans, you know, all kind of stuff like that. You're like, okay, that is black and white, and there's enough. But even in cricket, the... if it's close, sorry, yeah. if you're from stealing yeah, your thunder, if it's close, close, it stays with the umpire. Yeah, yeah. and rightly so as well. It's yeah. respect, but also, how are those images, and how is that communicated? A for a supporters' experience. B if you're on pitch, and and the people looking at it. All cricket decisions happen within a couple of minutes. They ne- it very rarely gets drawn out. There's also out. an argument in cricket that it, it's daft, but it almost, it almost adds to the, yeah. the spectacle and entertainment. The so, right, can we go up to the third umpire yet? Can you rock and roll that yet? Yeah, no touch on But you can hear no to- what's happening and what he's looking Same. for. It's rugby, isn't it? You yeah. can hear That's what we're the talking thing. about. And I, I, and not getting into rugby players and referees that process. But right, that's a fair delivery. Being in the ground. That four minute or you know, three four minutes thirty seven seconds whatever it was felt like a lot longer. We just we were just stood just, around going, "What's happening? What is going just on?" Any, any, you don't you don't know what they're looking for. No, exactly. Yeah. And that's so, exactly. It's not, so it's, it's, like, it's not VAR decision handball or VAR decision offside. It's just so that that's the VAR other side of it. The other side of VAR, we could talk about whether it's going to get binned or not. I don't think it will, but. Genius you can't you can't leave it that long. It's too long. It's too long. It's not. There's an argument to say if you have to look for an infringement that takes you almost four minutes to spot, that infringement is 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 is, is too much. They should have have a, have, a, have a clock on it. Like VAR clock started now, thirty seconds, forty five seconds. If you can't see anything if it's not conclusive in that time, you go with you and go that's with the what it felt the like they did with the Liverpool goal. Well, so, so, I, so this is so. To I, twist, I, I, there's I, I, another point here. If you're going to make the same, the, go on. This, the, the next one of the next things we're going to say, and one of the things was going to be the quality of the video. We'll come on to that because that plays a part in that decision making taking that long. The other point I was going to make was at the minute VAR and the VAR people at Stockley Park, the referees, and they are responding to criticism, meaning actually they just feel like they're making this up as they go along. They're not. They're not taking time to reflect and communicating. They're not communicating. There's nothing come out after the weekend. You've got Swarbrick defending them. You've got Dermot Gallagher being a deaf, dumb mute on Sky Sports yeah, News. Pointless. Um, pointless interview. Someone needs to come out, like Riley, 
who was a god awful referee himself, needs to come up here and start not here, obviously, don't come to cross eyes, <laughs> but it's come out in the public and stand up and, and explain this because at the minute it does feel like they're just responding to criticism. But Sunday was purely because they were criticised over 347. But apparently on Sunday, so listen, walking the dog tonight, listening to the football ramble, there's a, a story which I don't know if it's gathered in pace that for the first half at Anfield, VAR was malfunctioning, wasn't working. Really? Yeah. Which is bonkers. Which is bonkers in itself. And, and Sky knew. No one on the ground knew. The players didn't know, but Sky knew. Which is which why is they why couldn't why put the screen with the line on. It was done. Yeah. Sky developed something later during that. And line. they just flipped past it as quick as they could. I mean, I don't. So again, it's only it's only about. You think about the number of cameras they have wow. to have working to get the lines. Because let's be honest, I get we all we're all bright enough to understand perspective and that lines aren't going to be straight because you've got it's like Father Ted in it. Those sheep are far away. <laughs> 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 Those <laughs> first time I didn't even smiled in five minutes back to that. But you know, we all of get course, perspective. Yeah. But you know, if you think about the technology that has to make that work, you're relying on a lot of cameras in a lot of positions to get the angles and everything right. else. And that then comes on to the next point, which is the quality of the image. Well he had clown shoes on. The yeah. also the couple of things I need to backtrack and then Sorry. I'll make my I need to backtrack because I, I think what that you said, Dan, about the, these decisions being made. So we've got people coming on TV, and as you say, and some are adding, or people in the media, or like you, I think you tweeted the other day. I don't know what was given out in that in that after that VAR briefing, but it must have been. And I think somebody responded to you with Will Smith pulling out the, uh, the thing on many But but for me, like so, the whole purpose of VAR is to improve decision making. So what we have is we have these spokespersons for the spokespeople for VAR who are advocates for VAR, and as a result, they're advocates for the referees because VAR's purpose is to better serve referees, which then in turn better serves football generally. And the two main components it, it supports in that are supporters and players. Okay, so what what we've got in theory, is all this oomph behind the side of VAR, which is the what they're trying to do and the purpose they're trying to do it and why they're trying to support the referees. What there isn't is in anybody from the FA, uh, potentially something the LMA football could sport, do. FSA, but, football Sports Association. Where's the advocate for our side of it? Yeah. And where's, like... So, see if I'm a manager and my team goes down in a slightly dodgy VAR decision on the last day of the season, like United against Wigan style under Warnock. <clears throat> Not a dodgy decision, inept management over a long period of time. But in the modern game, this could that could happen. I lose my job. How is that? Fair. How? And I know football before was not like fine margins, but. If we're trying to bring it into, uh, you're trying to you're trying to strive for perfection, but you're doing it so much from one side. But I'll give you a specific example of what you're talking about, right? Marco Silva's seriously in the threat for his job at the moment. Mm -hmm. They lost away at Brighton the other day on the back of a penalty that has yeah. since now been said should not have been Shouldn't given. Have been a penalty, wouldn't have been a penalty under VAR. When he's exactly. looking at the ball, VAR and he, gave it. Yeah. When he's looking at the ball and then kicks his leg, which so happens to come after the weekend after. Dale Feo gets took out yep, yep. in the box and it doesn't give it because the bar's changed. And this goes back to Ian's point about them lurching from one way to another 
about that bar that they've set. There is no consistency. Yeah, absolutely yeah. agree. And the, and the it's a solution are... looking for a problem. Yeah. And that's what the, that's, that's exactly my point on the United's is. goal. It was as if, and uh, so again, who are the operatives? Who are the technicians? How? If, who's to say one of the technicians hasn't got connection Spurs to Betty? They are looking. They were looking on Saturday to find a reason why that goal shouldn't stand. And that's what I think Chris Kamara said that didn't he? That yeah. was that was the, the week before Liverpool Kamara said goal, that. Yeah. Wasn't it? He said they were looking for a reason. Yeah. So um, I think I'm perhaps in a slightly different place to possibly all three of you about Lundstrom whether he's offside or not. I think if we're going to take the, the law of the game, he's offside. Now, whether the law's right or wrong is a different matter, but he's offside. Is it can, I, can I throw something in there, though? By the law, he's offside on that image that was presented. It, yep. The technology is not to put I, I agree. Whether, whether, that's it, whether that Correct. still is the exact still that the ball's left Baldock's foot or not is a can't different be determined. matter. And it can't be determined. My biggest problem with it is the fact that they've reset. They've cleared it to 35, 40 yards out. They've had chance to get into a line of three again. because they, well, they have six back. They had six players in the We had a a four-on-one break or something. And and that's my biggest problem with that decision. I think we could debate whether he is or he isn't offside because that is what it is. So we're back to subjectivity. Exactly. It's subjectivity. You penalise McGoldrick for quick thinking, for rolling off his defender on the blind side and putting it in the back of the net. Because actually, they got six defenders back. The reset. I don't... What... If you got the chance to head it clear... What constitutes a reset then? If if, If that doesn't constitute a reset... What, what does? Yeah. Has the ball got to travel back past the halfway line or has it got to be touched There's by no three players in between? Or so I, I did hear a, a, um, a def- definitive response to this, what we've talked about before, Dan, about um, if there's a handball in a defensive area, like Alexander Arnold's the other day. Yeah, yeah. So that's not a penalty because he, whether you debate whether he was or not, but his arm's not in an unnatural position. Yeah. But they've gone down the other end and scored. Now, the actual law is... Uh, if that then goes to a breakaway, yeah. that's acceptable. Now, you can debate the law all you want, but that is what the, that's the actual law. Right. So that tell, explains why that wasn't given mm. back for handball and, and therefore a penalty for City because it was an offensive action. The law around whether it's reset or not, or whether it's the next phase, is just vague. It's still to interpretation. It's exactly. As well, like offside then. So we've, we've come a long way since the... Um, Maybe the, not that we probably all enjoyed it at the time, but the lad mag culture in the 90s of get a woman to explain the offside decision. But since then, right, in that time, no, the point I'm trying I mean, to make is it's loaded an FHM. No, but like, you know, I'm, what I'm joking is that it's our guest tells me whether it's offside or not. No, but <laughs> the, what I'm trying to say is that sort of area of bloody hell, football's complicated, you know, there's offside involved in it. Get and people showing people how it works with pint pots or salt and pepper pots in a pub. So in that time, introducing an idea that you are and aren't interfering in play, right up to this nonsense, which is also littered with people doing star jumps in penalty areas. I know it worked against our uh, friends from the wrong side of the city, but this is like you, you cannot apply such a rigid system to something which is open to interpretation as it is. And 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 the and the more evidence of that is I'm not one. Like there was some tweets on Sunday about, you know, conspiracy theories that, well, it, what a coincidence, United's is disallowed and Liverpool's is I saw someone tweet they don't want us in Premier League. I mean they don't I don't, I don't, I don't buy that. That's, that's nonsense. The, also, the only Liverpool, conspiracy to it is there was a bad one given, like Ian touched on just now, there was a bad one given on the Saturday and they changed their approach on the Sunday. See, I I and the week before is more ineptitude than conspiracy. 
And yeah, maybe so. It's maybe reactionary so. nonsense. And it's not like he's been put done in Liverpool's favour. Because look at the one the other week. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I personally thought it was a penalty in that game. And, and then, on, on and the, yeah, and then the offside. If what had happened on Saturday hadn't happened, I don't think anyone would bat an eyelid at it. And it would have been that's just one of those bonkers things that's happened happens in games of football. And that game on Sunday, I mean, we're going off a bit off top. That was a fantastic game, and it was very obvious where the weaknesses in Man City particularly were. But that was there was they were clearly the two best sides in the league. But we we're using we've got a system which imagine right. So it work. We all get we all have to do certain things. So if I get criticised, not criticised, but if I get observed as a teacher, next time I get observed, my observee will expect me to react to them. But that'll be an agreed amount of time. And I won't do that. They won't come and watch me the next day. They won't come and watch me in a week. It'll be three months down the time when I've yeah. reflected on my practice, refined it, and then, in theory, be able to demonstrate the practice. areas of development. Yeah. And in all, we all be we're all professionals who've been on CPD training. Those of you who are listening, we've been on CPD. How can any form of discussion? It's like, it's like the ongoing. It's like an ongoing sort of like. Oh, we got that a bit wrong. We better sort that out tomorrow or next week. We need to give a couple of penalties because if we're not giving them. People are going to start questioning. Just feel a bit like that, doesn't it? And I'm not. If they're going to do it, what'd be wrong with a window of so these are the agreed things and these are the, this is the bar because if you have a bar, you give examples to it. This, now maybe these are these these flashy packs that were given out that people have been briefed on it got this information. But, but, but this isn't what this is my point. This is not being shared. This is not being put out. I think your point earlier about the League Manager Association. They're not going to probably vote against it because fundamentally their employers are the Premier League. Yeah. Because the clubs are the Premier League, they voted this in. I think what it needs to say now is, look, we hands up. This isn't working how we want it to. This is spoiling the game for the fans. We need to think about I what think, we need to do to refine it and make those statements like you just said. I do, and do it over it, a period. I do think there should be more encouragement for the referee to go and have a look at the videos. Yeah. The, the, the one, and I'm sorry if you go back going back to the Liverpool Man City game again. The one that I was really surprised didn't get given was Mane's shove on um, Sterling. He'd got he'd got his forearm in his back mm. and pushed him over. And don't get me wrong, he's probably gone over a little bit easy. But when you're running at pace with the ball, and someone I feel pushes a bit sorry him for him this week. I think if the referee, I do as well. I think if the referee goes and looks at that back, I think he gives that. Yeah, because I, it's clear and obvious. I think one of the reasons that the uh, the referees association isn't coming out and saying like you like you you just said, John and Ian. We're going to change this. We're going to possibly make this a penalty from here on in. I think they're possibly worried about repercussions from clubs. So if you're yeah. a club that's had a penalty given against you in the first five games yeah, for that. something that's a penalty on bar, after ten games they then change the they then change the threshold. That team has got a legitimate claim to say, "Hang on, we were we were penalised in one threshold, and then someone else has got a bit of a second. They possibly open a can of worms. They probably so can't change it this season. They possibly can't change it mid-season. Yeah. But they're making my view is that the thresh the threshold is changing anyway, and I think you know that's that's the thing to make. If they so, don't make that official, yeah, it keeps them covered. So what would you, you, what you what would, so, so, so I want to say to should we talk about what do we think should happen with that? Each of us, what, what is your opinion? Should it is it a refinement, like John said? Is it I, something that 
that you you just think should be binned off at some point? Maybe it's not going to be binned off right now, but is it in season? I, I, I don't think I don't think it's binned off. I don't think it'll get binned off because it's worked in other countries. I think that there'll be a, a move to kind of refine it. The way I've said it should have gone from minute one is each manager has one clip, one one challenge per half, three challenges per game. Yeah. And the same as cricket. If you if, if you're challenging, you get it right. You keep your challenge. If you challenge, you get it wrong. You lose it. Because there is no way on earth that Pochettino would have challenged that goal on Saturday. Yeah, no great. way on earth. He would have saved would it. Anyone would you have, risk? Would you risk it on a goal that looks fine? On a goal that no one is even contemplating. Or so you'd have, you'd so your opinion second. is keep it, refine it. Keep it. Uh, I would. In an ideal world, I would get rid of it. But I think, like I said it's before, the genie's out of the bottle. It's here to stay. So if we're gonna, if we're gonna. If we're going to be stuck with it, refine it, and that would be how I would do it. Yeah, I'm with you. I think that's one of the things. The challenge system. I think um, on top of the challenge, I think there should be a time limit against it. Yeah. I don't know what that time limit is. Maybe a minute, I would say. If a no, decision a can't minute, be made yeah. in a minute, it's got to go in the attacking goes, team's yeah. favour. Or, or, or goes with the on-field call. Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, okay. I'll get, I'll get that. Not to go to, I don't want to go back into a, a debate, but it's quite interesting, isn't it? Because it was, it was very comical when it was first introduced at the World Cup and we saw like the six blokes in the referee's uniform looking at the TVs, it was all like a big laugh. We've not seen any of those images. No, we just no, seen no. So you, you almost like, and, 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 and I'm not, again, trying to peddle conspiracy. I just think we need an openness of communication around it. And I think there needs to be advocates put into place for the other side of who it affects. The whole purpose of it is to support referees to get decisions right to make the game better. You need the people who play the game and are actively involved in the game and their experience of having something like that needs to be improved. And I'm not I'm not saying a pamphlet with pictures, this is a penalty of that, but we will work in positions at work where we're in charge of people. And every time we, I personally, as I'm sure you've all done, if you introduce something new, it's the same characters at work and they ask you questions some of them ask you purposeful questions some of them ask you awkward questions but they have every right to ask a question because it directly affects them so i just feel there needs to be advocates for this side of the game i really do and the big effect as we found on saturday of that is the fan experience of three minutes 47 seconds in my opinion, it's completely wrong. There's that phrase in the football without fans is nothing. And it, it gets diluted over time with TV moving fixtures, causing merry hell for getting to away fans getting to matches. You know, we're getting in a better place, 30 quid a ticket in the Premier League, treat fans with respect. This isn't treating fans with respect. It's no. treating them like idiots and it's spoiling the match experience for the fan. And that fundamentally is why, for me, I think everything you've said is right. I wouldn't disagree with anything. It isn't going to go... I think it should have been used, rolled out in a gradual basis myself because I don't think the technology is at the right level and the visual quality and the frame speed is right for offside, but which you could be using it for handballs and things like that still, I get that, with clear guidelines about application. And I think, you know, hopefully we won't suffer this season, but I think as a as a purveyor of... Uh, life we will. Well, but, so... Uh, just Let's kind get of, to them 38 points as quickly as possible. Yeah, Mo moving on a little bit about um, teams that have gained or team teams that have benefited against those that have suffered. Um, it's in the league table today of where teams yeah. would be had it not have been for VAR. Yeah, Funnily on. enough, we'd still be fifth. Yeah, we'd still be fifth. Southampton would be sat on four points now yeah. had it not have been for VAR. It's quite and, funny that 
funny as well, like, I did get one prediction right, didn't I? Last week. So I said, it was a dodgy bit. It's been it's been long enough since the Southampton game. Yeah. We drew one, aren't we? <laughs> and it, it, it's weird. And Dan, you listen to a lot of uh, like football podcasts like I do. We all do. And they were saying on the Guardian last week, they have a rule. They say you've got 90 seconds for every game where VAR's been involved in. And they were saying on that that in Germany, they're actually laughing at what an absolute yeah, shambles in there. Yeah, and and I think it, like Raphael Ornstein, and he's obviously got a lot to say. But he he was saying how I can't believe how long they've got it. And considering we are the birthplace of football, it's just a bit sad. And I really appreciate you guys listening to our take on it. Um, but I think equally, we're pretty fucking depressed. To spend twenty minutes talking about it as well. Aren't and we? I think I think to add to John's depression, you know, as a purveyor of music, he's not going to be paying a visit to John Moss's vinyl whistle record shop in Leeds anymore. <laughs> No, he was, yeah, it's an interesting interview, that wasn't it? Talk about trying to get public favour. Those corrupt as politicians, them referees, don't believe any of them. Abstain. <laughs> All right, I'll drink to that. See you in a bit for the quiz. Yeah, cheery quiz. So welcome back. Uh, soundtrack by the Human League. We've got the uh, the quiz, and in a change from the usual, one of us setting a nice quiz on a bit of paper that we've uh, taken a photo of and tweeted out for you to all have a go at and find the answers on the pod. Uh, friend of the pod and sometimes contributor to the pod, Paul McDonald, a uh, set up a four blades uh, sporkle quiz site, which we've tweeted a link to, and we'll be putting some quizzes on there um, over the coming weeks. Paul's first quiz was uh, Blades Premier League goal scorers. You've got 10 minutes to find all 35 of them. So it's fastest finger. If you've got fat thumbs like me, that means you're in real bother. Um, <laughs> yeah, you're in trouble on Twitter, those. Um, yeah, well, I've been there before, haven't we? Um, so so um, we've all had a go at it. And I think we've all probably ended up with, I think between us, we all got either two, three, four wrong. I mean, I, I struggled a little bit because... First stint in the Premiership was uh, a little bit before my time. Oh, yeah, yeah, spring you, chicken, you know. <laughs> you won't get that if you saw him, but you know. Anyway, I think he was the same age as us, but anyway, he's he's bit he's, he's just bit his lip and he's tongue in one fell swoop there. Was a little hand gestures not working on uh, on pods. As you were in. <laughs> so, as I was saying before, uh, we can't tell John's looks. Um, we've had, we've, we've tweeted it out. You commented. All right, commented. Yeah. Um, we tweeted out the uh, the link to the quiz um, have a go at it let us know how you get on um, we also interestingly just as an aside got a quiz sent to us by Blade, I think uh, it's called Blade Sam anymore but Sam a uh, friend of mine sent us a quiz that we'll, we'll share as well which uh, gives you 20 minutes to list the 290 players who've uh, <laughs> made appearances for the Blade since 2002 and uh, if you if you manage to get that uh, and you're not a bar. I'll buy you a beer every day for the rest of your life. <laughs> my, my missus, my missus can type at whatever it is, hundred plus words a minute. And I'm fairly sure if I stood at the side of her and dictated, I'm not sure we'd be able to. Uh, I'm not sure. Two thousand and two till present. <laughs> I think I managed them all apart from Colin crying. I got, I got hundred and forty odd, but that's because with fat thumbs. 
couldn't get them down quick no, enough. No, but anyway. No, good on Sam. Well, but, thanks, Sam. But uh, we'll, we'll, we'll jump back into Paul's quiz, which is a bit more manageable. Um, so, so there's 35 players that have scored 30, for United in the Premier League. Ranging from Brian Dean at 15 to uh, a good number, with one, one more added at the weekend in George, who've scored just a single goal in the Premier League for the Blaze. In fact... So I, I got I did this on Friday. Paul asked me to test it on Friday, and I got thirty one out of thirty four. Yeah. So three missing. One of them I should have known, uh, and that was Paul Rogers. I didn't get Andy Scott. Can't believe he scored for United in the Premier League, let alone at all. Uh, and the other one I didn't get was a defender, and I can't remember who. Oh no, it was Jamie Ireland. I didn't get Jamie Ireland as well. So if I got Scott's goal. We beat Chelsea four two. Yes. Whitehouse scored twice, and Scott scored in that game, didn't he? And. Uh, John Hollins in charge for Chelsea. Yeah. When he was caretaker towards the end of that season. I think we ran into like a 4 0 lead and I think we were 4 0 up when into the last 10 minutes they pulled two back last yeah. game of the season. That, yeah, beautiful, yeah. yeah. Sunny and, and day. Actually, Andy Scott, even though I'm saying recalling that game like it was yesterday, Andy Scott was one of the two I didn't get. <laughs> so. um, how, the weird thing for me is I didn't get Stephen Quinn, which seems odd, but you know, just, it's interesting. And it was just trying to run through the squads of each season. Rogers I got because. Uh, Spurs game this week he scored in that Spurs 6-0 uh, which I remember um, but uh, yeah I think I ended up with three missing uh, Willie Faulkner was the other one I didn't get and I just I we'd, we'd all just, want to forget Willie Faulkner yeah though, I think it? that's what I genuinely think he was a big sign in that summer weren't he yeah, yeah, a big money sign yeah a lot of money for him at the time five minutes he kind of played a few games and we'd we, we scored, to, scored three goals, which yeah. for United midfield at the time was probably a decent. It was pretty yeah, good, yeah, but I'm just doing this, and his name never even popped into the air. So, so what what we're going to do to talk about this? Then I reckon pick some goals to talk about. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think I think we talk what favorite three of these goals in right, the yeah. Premier League yeah, yeah. years. I think yeah, uh, one doing one at a time. Do you want to start us off down with the goal? Yeah. So I'm going um, for a player who got ten in the Premier League for United, and that's. Uh, Sir Dean Whitehouse. Hero. Um, and it's not, it's not against our, our blue and white friends. It's a, it's a goal against West Ham at the lane. And kind of flip, side, flip from the Chelsea game where we were 4-0 up. I'm fairly sure in this game, we went two down early doors. And Whitehouse scored in front of the, uh, scored, scored in front of the away end. And it was one where he, he kind of took it down about 30, 30 yards out, took a couple of steps forward. And absolutely just smashed it into the roof of the net, and it put a, there were a bit of curl and a bit of power, and it was just, and he was always fairly um, kind of un. His, his celebrations were never really kind of over over dramatic, and it was just a kind of fist clench, gritted you know gritted his teeth, and back to halfway line. It was just a real, a proper left goals out always look better from players with left feet. Yeah, yeah. Left footed players always look better smashing it in from 30 yards than right footed players, but it's just something about it. But that, that's my kind of first nomination for, for, for the kind of goals. It's just, it's yeah, one that sticks in my mind. And plus, because of the game, 2 0 down, came back to win 3 2. That's always, that's pretty much as good but as it was. Who was that against? Against West Ham. So I'm, I'm going to pick a goal from that game as well. And, and the reason I'm going for this particular goal is because it's one of the players I didn't get and I should remember it. So I was, I was still living down south at the time of this game. And Paul Rogers scored a goal. I think he might have scored the winning goal for us. He went kind of one on one, sort of up in the air against McCloskey, and sort of uh, flicked it past him. And, and we went on and won the game three two. But living down south, 
some of my mates were West Ham fans and I went to a couple of my mates' house who were West Ham fans. So obviously, fantastic. I was sat there in my mate's front room with his dad and his granddad, both big West Ham fans, and obviously my mate's a West Ham fan as well, jumping around going crackers about this Paul Rogers goal. So that's one thing that I should have got when I was doing the quiz, but I'll always remember that finish. Fantastic. Amazing. Um, For me, I'm going to start off with um, Charlton away. Yep. Uh, John Stead scoring uh, right in front of the away end when we were wearing the black and white kit. Uh, it was a big game, that Charlton game. Now, I want to say that we drew in the end. Or we I think we did. I think we considered a late equaliser. I could be wrong. Uh, but I remember Stead scoring right in front of the away end. I thought Stead... I think we won that game. I think it was one all or 2-1. Not research this very well. Um, I don't recall us doing that many doubles that season. Because, we beat Charlton down at Lane. Well, maybe not. That one got late goals with that Gillespie one. But, um, yeah, stared bang in front of the away end. And he literally did that. Which, if we'd stayed up, I think it'd be quite an icon and a great, great for podcast listeners. He did that <laughs> celebration. John's, basically, John's doing Christ the Redeemer. Yeah. <laughs> or the Angel of the North. Uh, one of the there's two. No, there's no one. There's no Stephen Barnes to the side of him. <laughs> it was. It was. It was one all. Was uh, it one all. Okay. Four uh, games from the end of the season. Stead. Stead smashed that in, and obviously, we weren't accustomed to picking up many points away from home in the Premier League under Warnock, and it was brilliant. Celebrated for me, a guy called Owen, uh, who I used to knock about a bit when I was at sixth form. And he got right into United. He was living. Uh, when, he, when we were at uni and he was living down in London and he, uh, he was always texting me about games and he went and uh, after university moved to America, did a PhD, married a really, really attractive woman has got two kids with her and I was a chef for four years. So, so if you listen, Owen, get in touch, mate. We'll go out for a beer and bring some of your wife's mates. Probably now put some violin music on in the background. Yeah. Um, my, it's going off to me tonight. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> nothing personal. Um, my, <laughs> just a light. <lighter. laughs> just a bit of a prick job. <laughs> Go on, man. My nomination is, I think, a couple of weeks before that, we played West Ham at home. And uh, obviously, a must-win game. I'm not going to mention the word, not the players involved, but we got off to the best possible start when Michael Tong slammed a free kick right in the top corner. Yeah. Yeah, the reason I was giving you the look is I wanted a mine as well. <laughs> <laughs> well this is why this is the best way to do it. Um, yeah, I don't know what to add to it really. It, it, that period when, you know, Tong could do that. You know, he, he could strike a free kick. Probably didn't do it often enough. His ability honest. was never in question. I think it was often the application. After that. And but I think how he got behind that free kick was incredible, wasn't it? It was. I mean, absolutely. I just flew Taking the roof at... Right top corner. It's one of those that you, you wanted them old school nets because yeah. it would have just nestled right in yeah, the back of that stuck net. in that stanchion, wouldn't yeah. it? And it's it, it, funny, isn't it, when you look at footage because we've clubs been quite good, hasn't it, now when we're playing teams of tweeting successes in the past. And you look at that footage now, it was 12 years ago, it was so dated. Yeah. Yeah. Like the style of the kits and, and everything, obviously, Bramble Lane does. And just like the players, and obviously, the I don't know, like you, the the physique almost of the f- modern football is just such more of a and the style of the shirts and everything. But yeah. like 
they're in their big like Lecoq Sporty sort of Capital it. One shirts that hanging off and it's, it's just it hung off Tonga I mean you were like <laughs> yeah. yeah it weren't exactly the most uh, <laughs> physically but like saying that for that for the power that behind it and the start he gave us and what did you win 3-0 I think Stead yeah, and who was yeah. the other goal Stead uh, scored one Gillespie but, was like, it I think it was Gillespie. Was it? I, I couldn't tell I you. I guess that. Yeah, the right. Stead one's where he cuts inside and like kills it in bottom yeah, corner. He cuts it in bottom corner and he cuts inside yeah. and just puts it in the far bottom corner. Yeah, yeah, I yeah I'll, I'll be honest, I couldn't pick the goal to out of that game. Fair enough. Dan. Jack Yelker. Was it Jake, was it? Jake's goal number Elker. two, Dan. I can't remember it. Uh, right, goal number two. Um, Premier League goal. Back to a, a, a game that's already been mentioned once tonight, and it's the 6-0 the against Spurs. And it's, I think it was the opener. Franz Carr. Yeah. The, the, the little short corner routine gets knocked into him and he drops his shoulder and sends two Spurs players for a coffee. <laughs> they both just kind of run past him like he's not there. He kind they of turns run past him, don't they? It's funny. Oh, all right then. And he just turns out and just slots it in the, the, the kind of opposite top corner. And I mean, Franz Carr was one of them players where you'd kind of seen him play for Forest a few times. And was it Wednesday? Before us, yeah, before, before us, yeah, yeah. possibly the most frustrating player I've ever seen in United. We've had a few wingers like him that. And Peter Beagle, yeah, I was gonna say, the most frustrating player you've ever seen in United. You beat him, do it, no, you beat him, do it, no, no. But there were times where he was unplayable when he was on it, when yeah. he was on it. And that goal, just like I said, just a drop of the shoulder, two players just run past him, far corner. Yeah, it's great. that's Fantastic. a great goal. Like you said, what it set up for, and that. it set up a 6 0. Yeah, so I. I'm going to go for an enigma as well. Right. Um, but I'm going for last time we were in the Premier League. I don't know what you're going for. Go on. Coca-Cola kid? Yep. Colin Kazim Richards oh, against Bolton. See, I'm going to swear at you. That one of mine as well. Maybe we stick to two. And there's still a debate as to whether he actually meant it. I'm convinced he did. But oh, some people think he did. I think he did. 100%. The, the vision to be able to bend it round the defender and past, I think it was Jasper Lyon and his own. Yes. It's a fantastic finish. Is it Nardy lays it back to him? Yeah. Yeah, Nardy it was, yeah. And yeah. um, I don't know whether had we won a game at that point. I'm not too sure. I know, I know that was to equalise, but who are we playing? Bolton. 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 Lane went absolutely. I'm coming on to so, where we won the but, first game. Okay. That's, that's yeah, I think it, it wasn't long after though. It was that kind of dark winter. Yeah, yeah. Night wasn't it? Bolton that, that, was his, that was his only goal for us. 11th well. of yeah, November. Yeah. So Hulls scored one. If we drew two all. Was it two yeah. two? Was it? Yeah. 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 Twenty-eight thousand two hundred ninety-four. There. Kazim Richard scored. But it was a proper. I mean, but I mean that were. Not a bad signing, were it? For, we didn't pay that Not much, much for him, no. Like well, I say, Coca-Cola kid, weren't it? Yeah. Well, what I would say about him is whether he, whether in that goal, that like whether he meant it or not, what a fantastic, like, and absolutely, like, it, that, if you were going to do, if we did like a bloody breakdown of the 50 greatest Chef United goals, that would be him because it's just. If he means it, something completely out of the ordinary. Yeah, and you don't, you never see that again. Not many players that have that vision to do no. what he did. It was fantastic the way that he, it, and and he put it in a postage stamp as well. I don't mm. think he had much yeah, of the ball to aim at. Yeah, he had literally. I mean, I'm putting my hands kind of <laughs> not far apart from each other between the post and Yaskalainen's dive. So it yeah. weren't like it. It's not one of them where the keeper's on the edge of the box. He's Yaskalainen's coming back and diving. Yeah. So he's got to get it between his hand and the post from an angle. Yeah, great finish. What a career he had as well, by the way. Sorry, yeah, he's played in some places. For me, I think it, it links in nicely tonight. Uh, it's going to be one from this season. 
Uh, and I'm going to go for Mousset's goal at Everton. After the disappointment of VAR the week before against Southampton, the nervousness of that goal we scored early in that game. Who scored the header? I can't remember. It's only a few. It's only a goal. Goal. Oh, goal. goal. Yeah, so Mina. that and uh, then being own goal. goal and then the whole sort of like bizarro defending for his life because at that point we still didn't maybe realise how good we were. Um or we, we have been so far. And the ball from Lundstrom, the cool as fuck sliding finish under the goalkeeper. And the fact he comes over to the fans and you know he's probably in his head got about 10 things he'd like to do. <laughs> he ends up doing a half dance and then just does a really pathetic hug on McBurney. Throws McBurney away, goes like that. My shit is going. That arms in the air pumping, by the way. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> we've been really good at it tonight, uh, getting our visual representation across. Um, but yeah, just it was. I think it's the best goal of this season so far, and it just it was brilliant. And the scenes in that away end, and on the bus on the way back in, we oh, had a good that's... drink, didn't we? We had a good soul. Yeah. <laughs> so that's that's my second one. Um, my second one. Uh, is Phil Jagielka and although it wasn't as late in the season it was that kind of feeling I had for those of a, a certain generation I remember when we went up to the top division which wasn't the Premier League back then and obviously we were playing and not getting a win until we finally beat Forest a couple week, two weeks before Christmas something like that it was so late and that's spawned the Bassett Christmas party in August um, that season in the when we came up under Warnock I think it was late September, so it was nowhere near as late. So, yeah. It was that important to get that first win on the board. And what was it last? I think it was last few. It, felt, it was quite late in the game. Very late in the game. Yeah. And, you know, he's had three, four years of people shouting shoots at him every time the ball drops after that goal against Leeds. <laughs> um, and he hit it, and it wasn't the cleanest strike. And it probably bounced several it times. It was a funny one, weren't it? You're talking about the volley, aren't you? Yeah, yeah the volley. Just against Borough. Sorry, I should have said it yeah, against Borough. And it, it, it was late on. It was a goal to win the game. I won some money on it. I remember it well. And it was, what, 30, 35 yards? Yeah. And he he just, had so much room, didn't he? He chested yeah. it down about edge of, uh, uh, like on the halfway line. And just and kind of strode onto yeah. it. Yeah. Strode onto it. Hit it. But then he just seemed to bounce, bounce, bounce. Yeah. And... I, it, didn't, it, it, the didn't it fly? I thought it, it reminded a little bit like a more central version of the goal against Leeds. No, the Leeds goal went straight, straight in. in. He hit that like a bullet. Yeah. The one against Borough bounced, might have even bounced twice before yeah. going in the goal. Just skipped a couple oh, of times. I remember I was, um, But it was just that elation of getting that first win on the board. Yeah. Mum, this could be something starting. My yeah. mum and dad, I remember it well. So I was, that was, 2006 would have been my second year at university. So I was, I was back going to all the games, going to all the away games then as well, working at the four in hand in Disby as a chef. Well, I came back for that, but my sister were in a dance competition. So my mum and dad were in Scotland. I took my granddad and we sat in my mum and dad's seats on family stand. And I just remember my granddad, but God bless him, blessed his soul, was a short fella, only about five foot. And when we scored, I picked him up and spun him around. <laughs> uh, and he, he, but then he tried picking me up and nearly keeled over. I remember after, he goes, we're going out for a beer, John. I was like, that's absolutely fine. Uh, and I did the, we did the slowest walk to the cricketers that's ever happened. And when we got there, he goes, I didn't expect it to be this busy. 
Really? The pub on the corner right next to the ground, <laughs> ground, 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 after we've won the first game in the Premier League. That was seven games into that season. Yeah, yeah I know. It was quite a way in. Yeah. That's bonkers. If you, especially if you think about what, where we are where now. Where we are now. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's, that's one of the standout memories for that season. Ultimately, it was a shit ending to it. It was yeah. one of the standout memories. There were some kind of high points. Yeah, yeah. I, but I was just. In fact, you picked two of the highlights of that season. I mean, without play. without and going goal as well. Without going too too off kilter, it's funny looking at the results as they are. It was it was after that that well, we flirted a little bit with getting it. We drew away at City, and then we lost. Two consecutive games away at Everton, two 0 I think someone got sent off. Is it Claude Davis? Which should have been a yeah, should have been a blessing in disguise. And then we lost to Chelsea at home, but that was obviously Mr. Chelsea in there. Chelsea in the pie. But then we went up to Newcastle, Bolton at home. We lost at home to Man U, but it was it was late November, December. We we got uh, nine points from uh, ten points from twelve against Watford, Charlton, Villa, and Wigan. Then we had a few disappointments, but then we steadily just picked them up for the remainder of the season. But these, looking at games here, Newcastle we beat away at home, lost two one. It, you know, and we just didn't quite do enough, did we? I know we talk about we the weren't good enough. One. We weren't no, good enough that season. No. There's, there's so many different things you could talk about. You could blame the manager. You could blame little Argentinian people and and whatever. But. <laughs> Ultimately, we weren't good enough. Yeah. Goal number three, then, Dan? Uh, right, so goal number three for me is, is one of Willie Faulkner's three goals for United. <laughs> I can't remember any of them, no, although I did. Is it fuck? Goal number three for me, uh, and I was I was torn, but I think there's a bit of a little bit of recency bias on this. Obviously, I was. I was thinking about some Brian Dean goals and some some Ian Bryson goals, but just it basically it's the goal for against Liverpool for Rob Holt. Oh, okay. So again, that same season, just and I know the game was kind of overshadowed by the penalty and stuff like that, but just the fact that like this season we all kind of we came up, and I don't think any of us. I know we, this might come back to bats in the off, but I don't think any of us thought we'd struggle. We all thought we'd we'd kind of put up a good fight, whereas. Coming up under Warnock, I think deep down we all thought we're going to be up against it here. We're really going to have to scrap and battle for everything. And obviously pulling Liverpool out first game of the season. But then to go one up against them. Were they champions of Europe then as well? I think it'll be a year. Sure. They won it in 2005. So 18 months later then. Yeah. The but they were years. still, I mean, they're still. They're an established Premier League club, yeah. one of the biggest clubs in the world. You know, they added Torres to the side. Yeah, it won the European Cup. Uh, they, I think they just bought Dirk Kout as well. Yeah, put <coughs> your hands up for Dirk Kout. Yeah. He loves well, this city. Yeah. <laughs> but, they, but they just they just bought Kout. So, so but just that fact that we were one 0 up against such a you know such a big side, and obviously with Holtz's debut and stuff like that. So it's just I've kind of got I've got fun memories. Of that. Don't we have memories of that goal? Yeah. I, yeah. I think we'd all agree, Rob Holtz. Was an excellent play for United. Great sign. Really and, uh, good sign. The Chelsea. The Chelsea leg break really, probably, definitely was the nail in our did coffin. Did and they were, that it was, I know, yeah, 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 so. England court, right? yeah, apparently so. Yeah. Is he, for me at that time, he was the best hold up man? He was so much about. better than that, though, wasn't he? He was a good footballer as well. I mean, he was, I mean, you, you put holes in this side. He, he, he'd do really well for this side as well. Honest, he's not one of them players who. When we signed him, it's not 
Didn't buy your skirt. Not a player that you kind of went, oh, brilliant, they've signed Hulls. Because he, he's not one of them players that have kind of done it and scored loads of goals for years. I think his best season of his career was that one. It's good. And unfortunately, it's he spent two months crew, with a broken leg. Yeah. It's good luck for crew with Dean Ashton. But obviously, yeah. I, I'm talking about at a level as well. Like, because yeah. um, like he, he fumbles, we Blackwell flirted with playing him a bit after the injury, didn't he? Never say. And no. then didn't he go to, did he go back to Leeds? No, in Derby, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. We signed it from yeah. Leeds, didn't we? We, we signed it from Leeds, Leeds but. United leaves and it's not happened for ages but what I always found really strange when I was younger but I suppose more signing Wednesday players nullified a bit like United leaves exchanged so many bloody players with Sam Kilgallen we pinched I was going to say we pinched their best two that season didn't we yeah. took Hulse in, in summer and Kilgallen in January I always found it bizarre Pembo and Bees ended up at Leeds yeah. <laughs> you know that was that was didn't feel like it was the move you'd expect at the time but we did like say we didn't have we both leaves at one stage I don't know. I'm sure. I'm sure when we sold the garments and Notts County, I'm sure he played for Leeds. For anniversary of that needed today or yesterday. Yeah. So is that still Notts County's record signing? It might be. Yeah. Signed by Neil Warnock. Signed by Warnock as well. Which you I forget. wonder if uh, right now some Leeds fans are sat around in the pub, the corner past podcast screen, and Bruno Ribeiro went Sheffield. <laughs> <laughs> he was shit. So for my third, uh, he um, had a good name though, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to go recency bias even more so, um, and I think it would be remiss of us not to mention this goal. Uh, Billy Sharp scoring his Premier League goal, I think. Yeah. I wasn't at the game, obviously, and Ian and I were at the pub watching it, and the atmosphere in that pub, the roof nearly came off. It was yeah. incredible, wasn't it? Absolutely. And, and it, may, it may be the only goal he scores for us in the Premier League, but the fact he got that one... He'll go down in, uh, as a legend at this football club. And, the fact and, that, it, it, that he got us a point as well. If it had been... Yeah. If it had been 3 0 down, he'd have got one to make it 3 1. It would have been a bit of a nothing, wouldn't it? I also think you cannot underestimate the, the potency that result had on what's happened since. That I think that installed the belief. I think that yeah. it was the. We got a marker down, didn't we? Yeah, exactly, Dan. I'm trying to get the phrase out. It was the sort of like, yeah, lads, I'm in. It, it was the it was the response in the group chat when you suggested doing something. Yeah, I'm sound. I'll, I'll do that. You know, we're, we're all going to come on this journey yeah, together. Sort we're, of thing. We're, yeah, we're here, like and 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 we talk we talk about how our scenes have perhaps dampened down a little bit as the season's gone on. But first ninety two minutes of the season to see celebrations like that and yeah. not have it dampened the way that we have since has just been fantastic. Yeah, um, Bournemouth got torn a new one that night. <laughs> I don't want to know. He's <laughs> <laughs> going to make an awful joke then. Right. No. I'm not going to say it that. I know exactly where you were going, but go on. Carry on. I've been so, with your nomination. You not, 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 not with that train of thought. Give me a second. <laughs> Ian, do, uh, do yours if you've got it. John's, so just, John's just having a moment. So it's, right. So my nomination. Not like a menstrual old lady. <laughs> <laughs> You've got that red, you look like Dermot Gallagher from Sky. <laughs> what are you trying to justify VAR on Sky? <laughs> so, I'll go for a first Premier League game, but not the first Premier League goal. Because I think, you know, yeah, brilliant when Dino put that ball in the back of the net with that flicked head there when he just hung in the air. More I'm, visuals. I'm go- yeah. You didn't, I'm you didn't- not from my story from Bournemouth. No, no. <laughs> 
I was I was I was airborne then for a minute. <laughs> for a minute. Um, but the second goal, when I think Corky played him through, yeah, and it's just again the calmness. It, that's what Dino did, and it was it was it a special goal? Was it? No, but then we took that for granted with Ryan Dean. You put it put him through like that, boom. And you know, that to seal that first Premier League win. Again um, against Man United. Against Manchester United. Like we were doing it against Watford or Ipswich yeah. or like you were doing it against Man United yeah. and they were the they were the team then, weren't they? Yeah. Yeah. You look at the team, I go, I can't it, it's that Man United team that everybody knows. It'd be Schmeichel, Bruce, Pallister, Irwin. Yeah. I mean Ince. Pallister, I think I think in that goal, Cork. Cork made Pallister look like a school kid in the way I think he, he kind of took him out and put Dean through. Yeah. Um, yeah. That'd so, Pallister's first season, I think, wasn't it? Yeah. Possibly. Pallister. Yeah, it was a proper. No, he'd been, been there a while. Would it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But, but yeah. It, it was a, a, their proper side. That's wasn't the, it? Their the start side. of the. Yeah, Hughes and McClare and. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and Chelskis and people like that. Sharp and Sharp. Good chance. Good call. Yeah. The obvious one. Yeah, good chance. I like it. Um, I'm going to go for another uh, away goal and this time capping off a, a really amazing sort of like day out watching United I had and that was when um, we scored at Newcastle and we won the game 1-0 on Danny the Wilder? 5th of yeah. November yeah. 2006 Saturday night so I got the train up to uh, tea time kick off it? yeah oh, it was a late kick off yeah. so I got train up from Manchester at the time got there and uh, I'd got an open return for some reason because I was stupid and didn't know really what I was doing at the ticket machine. Just desperate to get to the match. I'll pay whatever, it's fine. Dad, you need to send me some money. Um, got there, had some beers, etc. And, and we got in the ground and we had the tickets, it said, row B. So I'm like, okay, we're going to be near the front of this third tier. Get up. When we went again in the championship a few years later, we knew finished me poor old man off but anyway we <laughs> we, we got up there and um, they didn't actually sell the first row so we were on the front row of the third tier watching this game and Gillespie was captain we played really really well and we'd obviously been shit away beats Weatherton and that and, and got battered a few times or whatnot and uh, I'd been on the beer so about 43 minutes into the game I just had to go for a piss just don't, it might have been even in the second half. Whenever it was, it was a stupid time to go. So I went and I went for a piss and I'm coming out of the toilet. This lad must have only been about five. Run up like, we've scored. I went, oh, ran down, jumped on Greg. <laughs> and he's, he's going like this. I'm like, what's up with you, you idiot? And he's like, I'm really happy too, John, but wear my fucking glasses. And then, <laughs> obviously, I'm the third tier of the stand in Newcastle. Well, obviously, I watched that goal back many times. Greg was watch it back. <laughs> yeah. Wasn't, wasn't a classic goal. He, we did find Greg's glasses, but it was just that sort of going to one of those biggest grounds in the country. Yeah, Newcastle were a good side then. As and well, we played, well, like I said, touched on before, we beat us at the line. Getting that win and, and brilliant. And then running my mate, uh, ran into my mate Tit after the match and now this is in a time you've got a mate called Tit James Titterton oh okay, okay. friend of the pod oh, okay. uh, and, and Tit goes why don't you stop over when you are just stop over now this is time when I've not got smartphones and looking at train times or any nonsense like that and like 
20-year-old me went, yeah, went to Newcastle Academy, Indie Night, went to his mate Lucy's house, her housemate lent me this nice car heart striped T-shirt, copped off with a bird. There was an indoor fireworks display. I had a Donny kebab. I got absolutely hammered. And <laughs> is this like the greatest night of your life? Like this is and, like... and then next day, just went and... Uh, just went and just got on the train back to Manchester. <laughs> that wasn't the end I was expecting. Oh, oh, fireworks. Got off your bird. Come on. Got on the train, went home. <laughs> but it was, it was just... It what was were we talking about? It was... <laughs> it was, it was oh, yeah, to Newcastle. <laughs> but the point I'm trying to make is there's a lot of good memories attached to it and I think often in football there's better goals scored than that. Honourable mentions, none of us have mentioned. Well, you have mentioned Dino's goal. Gillespie's volley against Charlton, outstanding goal. The Stead goal we have touched on. Um, yeah, you, you have emotional attachments to goals. And I had a, an emotional yeah. attachment to that because St James's Park, when I first started getting into football, Newcastle going up against Man United, one of the biggest sides in the country. It's, an, it's still an incredibly impressive stadium yeah, to visit. Posing, it? I am really looking forward to our trip there this season for Young Chopper's birthday. That's what it is. Yeah. So, yeah, we're all going there. He'll have his top off that morning. <laughs> yeah, well, you can see that on Twitter if you really want. Uh, but it, it, I just, and I think that's so. What's so good about you talk about goals and football generally in, and this is what it's. This is a nice section to have done following the VAR section because how I spoke about that, yeah, I went off on a tangent, but it's such a more positive way of looking at football and what football to me. Is actually about well, it's, not it's, about it's the exact antithesis of what we were talking about in the last section. We were talking about potentially the, the raw emotion of a goal being diluted by VAR, and here we are waxing lyrical about goals that were scored 10, 20, 25 years ago. And you can you can remember the you can remember the feeling of the ball in the back of the net as if it was yesterday, and that's potentially what we risk losing with VAR. So you, you basically you, you, we've kind of bookended. The, the kind of emotions of football and, and the risk of them being that's a great taken point. away. That's a really that's a great, that's a great way to that. finish this section. Yeah, good point. Brilliant, that lads. Welcome back to part four, everyone. Um, I have the honour of uh, introducing this week's Hall of Fame section as um, the person who very kindly stood in for me last time, Luke Prest, won with his very worthy nomination of uh, Blades Glory Owls Down Greenham, which I voted for myself and I'm fairly sure I have a copy of it in my mum's loft somewhere. Um, so, yeah, we're back on with the, the Hall of Fame. So, um, obviously, I'm not going to lead off since I've introduced. So. Phil, do you want to yeah, dive in? So um, I'm going to go with, I think it's quite apt this week. Uh, we, we, we christened him or we, we decided that between us we should now call him Shithouse. Neil Warnock is no longer in employment and that could well be the last we see of him in football potentially. I think Unless William worth... wants another kit. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. Unless William needs another kit to go along with his collection of the other best supported teams William he's ever managed. Must, William must be about forty-five <laughs> yeah. now, and still wearing uh, still wearing full kits. <laughs> but I, I'm not. I'm not just putting Neil Warnock in for my nomination. I'm putting a particular Neil Warnock memory because there's plenty. And let's be honest, he didn't always do bad for us. I think you could put some blame on him. Go, uh, 
towards him for his going down, but he did give us a lot of good memories and a lot of good times as well. So I think he should be recognised as such. But my particular Neil Warnock memory, I'm going back to the season we went up, away at Millwall, (laughs) half-time, there was a bit of a ruckus in the tunnel. Turned out that uh, Kevin Muscat had nutted Paddy Kenny and they both ended up getting sent off. Jagielka went in goal second half. They took the lead. (laughs) Yeah, we'll see to it after Gaffer, exactly. That's what Morgan said, weren't it? It's a shit house. exactly what he said. Um, I think it might have been Andy Little scored the equaliser from a free kick. Del Geary scored a volley Smashed from about 30 20, yards yeah. out to win it. And uh, walking off the pitch afterwards, Warnock was flying up to Jody Morrison going, that's for Muscat, that, that's for fucking Muscat. And then he does the same thing to Paul Eichel. To pretty much every Millwall player. <laughs> so, yeah, well, Jody, Jody, well played. Jody. That's for fucking Muscat, that. Muscat, that Paul Eiffel's looking at fucking Right. I, mean, I yeah. mean, it must have had an impact on Eiffel because he signed for us The only yeah. thing I'd say on that, obviously, that wasn't when we went up, was it? That was the year of the documentary. Yeah. The documentary yeah. It was the, the year before. The season yeah. after went up because he signed Eiffel in the summer. But Eiffel, Eiffel thought he was getting an offer of Gunnar Muscat on holiday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that was the promotion season, wasn't it? No. 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 It, it, no. Might, it was the orange It was the orange season. Yeah, yeah. If you remember the end of that documentary, We'd, we'd kind of lost I've the game. I've not actually watched that old documentary. We'd, we'd lost the game. It's worth an hour anyone's life. That's the one where Warnock says, I fucking die for you a lot. Well, I'm going to buy some... Pla- Tom throws a bottle on the floor like, in a kind of stew, Francis, like a crush a grape kind of. <laughs> and he goes, fucking hell, Tom, it's taken nine months to get a bit of passion out of you. So- well, I'm going to buy some players. And he did. He went out and bought Weber and I feel in summer well yeah Weber then Weber scored at Leeds that's right because he kept yeah but he, he and they're going oh you me. say well he's away he'll be shunting me out next week <laughs> yeah. there's a lot of funny things in that documentary my it's not my favourite but one that always comes to memory for me is when talking about <laughs> pre-season <laughs> he's good this he's pre-season friendly at, Mas- at Matlock and he's is he used to like talking to all fans and there's this woman and bloke there and so I kit then like he's like, oh why? And the woman's like, what do you mean? Because oh yeah, you'll love it. And she goes, why? She goes, oh you'll be sticking him out. <laughs> and he's like, does his like chest? <laughs> you'll be sticking him out. Look very right, good. Like, <laughs> Two thousand and five, that. <laughs> but yeah, he, so you're, that, you're saying Neil Warnock isn't woke? <laughs> <laughs> He's <laughs> a lot of things, Dan. <laughs> yeah, but won't man up Yeah, anyone who's not watched the one that can document you, well film. worth it. Is, could that give us a new uh, anagram like Colin? Yeah, woke. What, what can we make out of the rest of the woke knock. Neil woke knock. <laughs> Brilliant. So yeah, just to clarify, it's uh, that's fucking Muscat. That's yeah. my, that's, <laughs> that's, 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 great, good, that's fantastic. John. Um. <sighs> I'm going to put in a kit and what I associate it with. So uh, it's more of a recent thing. Um, got some shouts of Route 1 recently, so I'm trying to talk generally. And it's the black and orange trimmed kit we got promoted out of League 1 in. Obviously, we wore it at Northampton. You own John uh, John O'Shea, Jay O'Shea's one, don't you? Jay O'Shea's shirt. Which my, is incredibly... It's still screwed up in my cupboard, signed by the players. for it. Um, but like genuinely uh, love that kit and it came in my head earlier when I think it's 
three, however many years to the day since. Since um, Yeah, and that yeah. fantastic performance. And you watch that back, like that like Kieran Freeman headed goal is one of my favourite Ever United goals. I absolutely love it. I loved, I do love Kieran Freeman still. I know he's not really done it, but I just think those goals he scored That's that season. season. Yeah, and right. I associate that kick with obviously the Northampton night, that fantastic win at Chesterfield where you watch them goals back today, Flake strokes it in corner with a really impressive one. Is Leon like he just he just waits that he hardly hits it. And I remember right behind the net and he just rolls in. Uh, I also remember wearing that kit. Swindon away. Swindon on a Tuesday went down. Josh Maylar drove me. Got there in about two hours and seventeen minutes. I needed to change my underwear. Well, was he I, driving with the lorry? He was driving. <laughs> his, he was driving his dad's Audi, and I don't think he ever came out of fifth gear on an A road somewhere. Between, well, do you know those sort of shitty A roads when you like come off the M1 to go towards Oxford? He was going past people beeping them when he was going 90 miles per hour. And I'm like, why are you doing this? Because it's not my fucking car, is it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, sure his dad would have been happy. I was, I was like, still working in Northampton at that uh, that day, so I drove down across from Northampton. Yeah, I ended up taking about four, I think I took three or four blades back with me that were struggling for a lift back. Fact, it, like, it, 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 it's, just a, it's just a really nice shirt, and it and like mine's now been, it's t- been taken off five aside due, it's quite swiftly after we got promoted at Northampton and it's in the box that if I was ever allowed to have a room dedicated to uh, to them, maybe in the future, <coughs> they go in. I, I just love that kit, I think it's really smart, great memories and that that highlights package of the Chesterfield game today just just brought it into my forefront of my memory. Yeah, I, think so, I think someone replied to that tweet today saying how things have, Different directions the clubs have taken. Yeah. We're now fifth in Premier League, playing Man United next. They're play- I think they've got something like Witten Albion in the See, next yeah. game. I feel They're really sorry for town. Yeah. Uh, like some real bad decisions and some goodwill with some probably good old Dave Allen, isn't it? But like, apparently that's the only reason. She- like there were rumours like this, and not to try and get anyone in trouble, but Sheridan and Dave Allen had got an agreement. That's why he went back because he was. In league for all crazy. I'm not going to go into what I've heard on the grapevine, but but yeah, that kit, fantastic, and some great memories from that season. And also like orange, a bit different. If nothing else, you've reminded me. I do need to get that shirt framed at some point. I should do something with this, shouldn't I? Should, yeah, definitely not in the cupboard, but. <laughs> The space now that you're sitting on the inflatable furniture for the next couple of days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like that. Yeah, yeah. If you want something to do with it, send it me for Christmas. I'll put them in your office. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm a bit concerned because that's two, two strong starters and I might actually sub in a, a slightly more niche memory that I'll put in this time, um, which is Chelsea away. Uh, FA Cup, I think it was. Christ. Vinnie Jones had left United. Never the most popular player, I don't think, when he was with us. Um, and eight, seven, 8,000 United fans on the vast bank terrace at Stamford Bridge. Yeah. Teams come out, and Brad has come out, and he's wearing a Vinnie Jones headband. <laughs> and he runs over towards the United fans. I'm, I'm going to stand it up to do this, and it's on it were too much of this tonight runs over to United fans stands there giving it some fist up aggro rips the headband off throws it onto the ground and stamps it into the turf into the dusty turf at Stamford Bridge and just that moment of just getting the United fans going 
was just brilliant. And then there's the famous photo that was taken, I think, not long into the match afterwards when the ball went out, I think, at our end. Yeah. And uh, they end up in a tussle. And they got I think the Jones started on White House, didn't he? Yeah. I think Jones and White House and then Brad has steamed so in. And Jones, and it, for a hard oh, man, his arse absolutely fell out. And that was it. And that was the thing that got me. Is, you know, it was shown, it, it, it showed what. We maybe maybe we get the chance to ask him in the future, but it'd be interesting to know what the the view was of Vinny. But the fact that he did that and knew it would get the United fans wound yeah. up, wow. lifted them for the whole start of the match. We lost, but ultimately that moment was just yeah. that was my club. <laughs> well, I'm I'm not gonna like you say potentially steal any future thunder, but I've had a conversation with Carl this week about that exact thing. And uh, his response could be quite funny, so we'll uh, yeah. maybe save that for another day. Save Fantastic. That for another future ones. Right, well, my nomination this week, when John first said, I'm going with a kit, I thought, oh, here we go. But luckily, different kits. We've got two kit entries this week into the Hall of Fame. So my kit's going back a lot further than yours, going back to 1989. <laughs> and it's the greatest United kit of all time, in my opinion. It's the lime green away. The greatest football kit. The greatest of all football time. kit of all time. Sorry, stand corrected. Um, just because it was something completely different to anything else that was out there. It stood out. It was it was something that had never been seen before. Um, but also the association with so many so many games with that kit. And the, the two that I associate it with is obviously is obviously Leicester, mm-hmm. which is obviously the pretty much the greatest game in the club's history. Um, but the other one is the game at QPR the following season where oh. we needed to win to stay up yeah. and again one of the most popular United players of all time scores the winning goal to keep us up in that kit in front of the blades just so I, I was, I was going to ask that we've talked about this before that every kit instantly one player comes to mind yeah so that kit Paul Wood Paul Wood it's an interest because they played Leicester right yeah yeah yeah. Dean. Brian Dean. Brian Dean. Same for me. Or, or even more, Ian Rams, because first time me and Ian had <laughs> a chat. Ian filled it very well on the way down to Northampton. So my, you did my, have it on that day, didn't you? Yeah, that's my, revenge. He filled it very well, thank you. My, yeah, he's got you back there, hasn't All I said earlier was football shirts had a certain shape. So you've in called, 2000. So you've called him ugly, he's called you fat. Are we, are we calling it one apiece? Yeah. Or shall we leave it at that? We need to get that. traded for four blades in the wood. <laughs> so go on, Phil, you're... Yeah. It's just... Uh, from Leicester or from QPR or from... I think it's the Leicester game. He was captain for Leicester, wasn't he? Yeah, it, it was. I think it was an image of him, like, kind of pointing in the shirt with the red shorts as well. Yeah. yeah. With the captain, it must be that. Was he captain for QPR as well? It might have been. Yeah, I think he was. I think he, I so think, could, I, it, I think he possibly might have been, yeah. It might have been a QPR game, actually. But, uh, what? I, th- I think I'm right in saying as well, that at the time, it was the biggest selling number of kit yeah. they'd had at that point. I think it time. still yeah. is. I think I was reading something recently, it still is, or it's the fastest selling number yeah. shirt. You should just do proper... Remakes of it and charges under quid. Do a limited run of two thousand. Well, not even a sound. They could do a run of four hundred umbro. You're ready to order for charity in that. I think they they'd sell out within minutes. Well, have it's, I ever I, told you how I, how I got the jail shake it? Do you know how I got that? Your, your dad's one. Yeah, because yeah. it was uh, Josh's. Josh's, uh, it was Josh's birthday. Yeah, four wasn't it? That's right. It was hey, dad, so everyone has to take a drink now because you mentioned your dad. Drinking okay. game. Christ. <laughs> Chris Ridley drinking game. 
It's all right, but you're drinking pop and being trying to drink jai pop. So, yeah, my dad had um, a written, I'm not drinking another one, um, a shirt that was actually given to him by who was Dave Bassett's secretary at the time. Right. And it was a shirt that Dean wore in a pre-season friendly. So it got a number on the back, it got labels across the front, it got football league badges on each shoulder, so it's quite rare. A mate of mine collects football shirts and said, who's that person in the picture you've just put on Twitter or to buy his shirt? So it's my dad and, and I'll see if he's interested. I'm not going to go into the full details of how much he sold it for, but it was quite a considerable amount of money. I can imagine, yeah. And uh, my mate also, who collects shirts, said, for sorting it out for me, I'll give you this. And it was oh, right, Jay okay. shirt that Fantastic. he wore in the Northampton game, signed by the, the full team. Yeah, your dad... Cheers, John. <laughs> Cheers, John. ...was uh, really... That was the happiest I've ever seen him at your Josh at 18. Not because his lovely grandson was coming of age and all his friend, his family and his football family was surrounded, having a nice barbecue, the weather was good, there was more beer that you could shake a stick at. It's because he goes, it's got a pocket full JB, of JB, yes. <laughs> see, see that photo? I was like, yeah, you told me about an hour, Chris. An hour ago, Chris. <laughs> oh, I got uh, And Phil told me, yeah. Uh, Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> And Phil, and Phil told me earlier, so oh, yeah, it's good, isn't it? Right, yeah, well done. Right. I'll say one thing about that kit, and Phil will back up on this. Um, wearing it for a half marathon in Leeds for a laugh, just to get Leeds fans riled in the streets of Leeds in 70 odd degree heat, is it, it's not got the wicking and the uh, vents oh, of modern day kids. Have a con- on Ian's nipples. I'm going to say my nipples are interesting. Well, put it this way. Yeah. I'd have I had a Surely you were chafed on the love handles and everything. No, because they like they were up and down, weren't they? The were, old were, kids were, like, and those shirts, they're up and down. The material's thick. It's hard wearing, which to me, like my my, oh my god, my hairs on my arms. Standing up on end, thinking about how some football shirts fell when yeah, I yeah. was a kid. Oh, yeah. but when I was a kid, I was like, I'm all right with you now. But certain materials used to set my, set me off because oh, I don't like feeling that. I think it's fair to say it was the day when uh, we we avoided Adkins last game <laughs> against Scunthorpe. You and missed the classic. We missed the classic, and we, but we ran Hard thirteen miles bastards. in ridiculous heat through Leeds and nearly killed ourselves. But <laughs> who suffered the most pain? I think it was you lot watching that last game against Scully. But uh, yeah, it was a fantastic shirt. One I'm proud to still own. And I think it's the, a great nomination. I'm, I'm hoping that that's in, along with the Blades Glory Owls down Greenham. I'm hoping that's in my mum's loft somewhere. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm think there's a there's possibly a treasure trove of kind of old Blades memorabilia. Have you got one, Phil? No, I, I had one as a kid. I think my picture of me your, on your four blades, yeah, the four blades, on the yeah. four blades. So uh, we we talk about player association. That shirt I mentioned. Who are you having? The black, black and orange trim one. John Flake. Uh, so the uh, the player that comes straight to my mind is Leon Clark. Yeah. I mean, I do, I've just got the vision of John Flake celebrating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that or probably Billy. Well, I know you mean about Leon. Like, I, I, there's so many players, and I feel like when he does leave, it might be in January, and or Leon, definitely. I'm, no, I'm, no. I'm I'd like to. I'd like. I think we need to. I think we need to have a bit of a, a 10, 15 minute on Leon Clark because I think he's he's been a phenomenal part of everything good United have done in the last four years. And considering the pelters we got when he signed him, and I think I'd, I'd love to do a bit of a section on Leon. I know it's a bit of a not niche just, topic. Not just the pelters that the pelters that we gave. How All many, of us were like, how many times? And and 
I'm kind of mimicking a little bit of something I heard on Blake's pod this week, but how many times has Wilder proved us wrong mm-hmm. in three years? It's signings, tactics, yeah. substitutions, anything he does, it just, everyone shouldn't even question him. I don't know why people still I, do. No. I think it's in the nature of a football fan to be slightly critical. I think it's in the, more than the nature, it's in the actual DNA of a United fan to doubt things because... We always assume that wheels are going to come off, don't we? <laughs> and, and we've touched... We always we, assume that disasters <laughs> yeah, just like, around the corner. Like VAR's not only going to fuck us up, it's going to come in the night, get us and kill us and our <laughs> families. But like, in all seriousness, I think we've exercised the demons of the VAR tonight. We've so, had a fantastic for, all for fame. All the fame we've uh, earned I'm, I'm going to... I'm just downing tools and saying damn, and I think... Are they all going to Well, I was going to say, actually, with Mel Reese got a pass into the yeah. Hall of Fame last a couple of weeks ago. I think that shirt should get a free pass into the Hall of Fame. I'll go with that, and we put the other three up for the public vote yeah, on agreed. Twitter tomorrow when the pod's released. Absolutely. Absolutely. For what it's worth, I would have voted for, that's for fucking Moscow. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. So, uh, got some exciting stuff coming up. Obviously, in the next couple of weeks, uh, we start to probably get, well, not in the next couple of weeks, from now until... Probably mid-January, we're getting our first sort of stint of Premier League life in terms of fixtures being unusual and stuff. So we're going to hopefully have pods in between all fixtures. This might not always be the case. Next week, uh, we're going to be back with a Big Man United preview. Phil's going to do a quiz for us for that, which is going to be very exciting. And we're going to be introducing a new section, which you're going to hear uh, sporadically, which... He's going to have a quite comical twist and we hope you enjoy as well. It's going to be very similar to the Hall of Fame, uh, but we don't want to give too much away. Also got some even more exciting things coming up, such as before the Villa game, we're hoping to speak to uh, Kevin Gage, aren't we, Phil? Yeah, that's the intention. We're hoping to get a couple of players on in the near future and and hopefully the more and more uh, interest we get in the pod, hopefully we can get potential other people coming and talking to us, whether it's players or people associated with the club. And, and we're, we're all really enjoying it and we really appreciate your support. The interaction on Twitter is great. We love the feedback. If you are listening on iTunes, a review or two wouldn't hurt us. And if it only takes you two minutes, we find that really, really good. If you're on Spotify, you could subscribe. And I don't know what Podbean is. I thought it was a porn site when I first heard about it. <laughs> so. People who are turned on by peas. But it's been a fantastic pod. I feel like we've talked about Spurs brilliantly. Put VAR not to bed, but I feel like we've thrown a very sizable cover over it in my own personal head until it annoys me again in 10 days' time or whatever it is. But, yeah. Until next week. It's been a pleasure, chaps. Up the blades. Up the blades. If you go into a pub in Ireland, you have to have a start. And if you don't have a song, you may as well not put the bubble on. I've changed the Murray, by the way, so if anybody wants to buy me a Murray, right. well, I'll take Peroni as well.